0: right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So we finished up Romans, and a couple of things were going on, because I always think ahead about what I'm going to do next. And to be very honest with you, I, I was planning on going through 2 Timothy. That's what I originally was wanting to do. But uh, on Friday, we have a group of men to get together and we're praying and through one of the conversations on one of the days, the, the discussion was about everything that's happening in our world right now and in our nation and confusion that is taking place within the church about what's coming in the end. And so the, the thought was, maybe we need to pray about if God wants us to do a series on like through Revelation or something, because I've, I've done that in Sunday school, I've gone through Daniel we just went through the minor prophets in Sunday school and of course Zechariah is part of that and um and I thought I ah, I I I really if I remember correctly I wasn't too keen on it but we we thought we would pray and uh so we prayed and um and so in the meantime I I've been listening to various things I listened to various Christian podcasts and listening to people talking and interacting in the community, and I realized that just to be flat out honest with you, that there was a lot of confusion and arrogance out there. Why would you say arrogance? There's a lot of people who are convinced about something, and it wasn't—it's not even biblical. They're looking at what's going on in our culture. They look at what's going on in the world, or what they think is going on in the world and uh they're they're looking at all of this and they're, and they're very arrogant about their positions, but really they're arrogant about their ignorance that they, they don't really know and and then I realized that you know and i've I've talked with this with some of the elders before that I, I don't know if you realize it, but thirty years ago there people were at a different level in church than they are today thirty years ago. People really knew their Bibles. We say, I know my Bible. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just generalizing. So if you don't get offended by what I'm saying. But there is a sense in which people today don't really have a grasp of the Scripture like they did 30 or 40 years ago. And because of that, there, there's just a lot of statements that are being made that are, that are just plain Ignorant. And so I realized, because I've never done a Sunday morning series through discussing the end. I've always done Sunday school lessons going through various books. I thought, okay, Lord, maybe you are leading me to do this. So we are. We're going to do a series. I'm entitling it The Coming Storm. Understanding what the Bible teaches about the end. And we're going to go through lots of different books. Today we're going to start in 1 Thessalonians. And there's a reason why I'm starting there. Next week we'll go into the Gospels. The week after that we'll go into Revelation. And and the reason why is over the next 13 weeks, it's probably going to be more than 13 because we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas in there. uh, We're going to talk about, give you a comprehensive look at what So you understand. So when you look at what's going on, you're not freaked out. A lot of people are freaked out right now. You don't need to be freaked out. Okay? You just need to recognize some things, and that's what our task is. And that's what I hope to do today. So we're going to start today in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So before we get into the passage, I need to talk to you about what the big problem is. Okay? We've got a problem right now. Especially when we look at the news, and and let's be honest, it's bewildering. Culture's changing, we don't know how to react to that. The economy is doing its thing, we don't know how to react to that. We're not happy with this, we're not happy with that. Then you add to it all the stuff that's going on in the world, earthquakes, tsunamis, I mean, even just this week, I was reading about another earthquake, or another problem, or fires, and wars, and more wars, and of course there's Israel and everything going on with Israel. And surely this is it, George. This has got to be it. And then you hear the crazy statements that are being made. So we got a problem. So I'm going to just point out four things to you before we look into God's word. Okay, four things that I think you need to be aware of. Okay, here's the first one. Believers are confused by our bewildering times. We're confused. What do you mean we're confused, George? Well, isn't it evident this is happening in Israel and so this is going on and I remember this conference I went to and I remember this speaker and he said this and and this is all pointing to it and we're we're coming, it's the end and there's a great falling away happening and... No, no, it's confusing. Why? Because while we've got those scriptures, you have other scriptures that said the end will not come until every tribe and tongue hears the gospel. So, by the way, do you know the Bible says that before the end comes, everybody's going to hear the gospel. There are still 5,000 people groups in this world who have not heard of Jesus yet. So how do you reconcile that with everything else that's going on? There's confusion. Believers are marked by confusion. You just can't grab a passage here and say, this is it. Are you sure? Because the task is still there. So confusion is going on. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Ignorance is evident as believers try to make sense of everything. Ignorance is evident. I... that one phrase I hear more often than not whenever I talk about these things with someone is a phrase that they think is a good phrase, but it's not a good phrase. And what's that phrase, George? I think it's in the Bible, is what they tell me. I think the Bible says, is another way of saying it. Folks, that's not a good statement. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because the same statement is often used with, I think it's in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves or who help whatever. That's not in the Bible either. Do you understand what I'm saying? All you're reflecting when you're saying that is that you don't understand the Bible. You don't have a grasp of what the teaching is. Now, that's okay. It's okay to admit. I, I don't really know it, but I need to learn. And that's why we're doing this series. But you need to be careful jumping to a conclusion or riding on what somebody else said. Do you understand? That's the big one. Why? Because that brings up the next point. We have allowed interpretations to inform our reading of the scripture. We have allowed interpretations to inform our reading of the scripture. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. What am I talking about? Well, this became evident to me when we had the COVID thing. And we had the COVID, and I'm not going to talk about COVID with you. I'm going to talk about something that came out of COVID. The vaccine and all that, that is really not the point here, okay? I'm going to talk about ignorance. And I'm going to talk about allowing interpretations to guide your scripture reading. So listen to what I'm saying. So during when we had the COVID lockdowns, and we had the whole discussion of whether or not to get immunizations, and I'm not going to talk about whether or not you should or not. I'm going to talk about what came out of that. What came out of that was, is all of a sudden there emerged, you might be aware of it, that people were beginning to say that the vaccine was the mark of the beast, and that by taking the shot, they were giving you, are you ready for this, a chip. And if you get that shot, you're taking the mark of the beast. Okay, so here I am as a pastor, and I know Revelation. And I know what the scripture teaches, and so what, I, what did I do? I did a video where I answered the question, what is the mark of the beast? And so I presented from Revelation, what it says. I talked about who institutes it. By the way, the one who institutes the mark of the beast is the false prophet. Now, we'll talk about him later on as we get into the series. We'll talk about the purpose of the mark. It's very clearly laid out in Scripture. So I did that just to inform my folks, don't get all into an interpretation, but know what the Scripture says. So I put that up on YouTube, and at that point, I wasn't wise enough to disable comments. And I learned real quick, you need to disable them, because the first comment I got, the only comment I got, and I got rid of it real quick, was, well, don't you understand, you're developing a chip right now, and the chip right now can be do this, and do that, and do that, and, and I'm like, you didn't even listen to what I said. Somebody was trolling the video. So I disabled that. What's going on here? The problem is, listen to me, the problem is we allow our interpretations to guide what we think the scripture says versus letting the scripture tell us. So this is the problem. So through the years, I'm going to be honest with you, I've been a believer since 1985. So let's talk about the Antichrist. Since I became a believer, can I tell you there have been many people who've been designated the Antichrist. Now, I'm going to mention their names to you. Can you tell me what they have in common? The first one was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was considered the Antichrist because there was an assassination attempt and because Ronald Wilson, I think, Wilson Reagan, or whatever his middle name is, each of them have six letters, so, of course, 666. So, therefore, Ronald Reagan is the Antichrist. The next one was Mikhail Gorbachev. And the reason why Mikhail Gorbachev was considered the Antichrist, well, because he was a leader of the Soviet Union, but because Mikhail Gorbachev has an interesting birthmark on his head. So obviously that was the mark of the beast. The next one was John Paul II, the Pope. Why? Because he, too, suffered an assassination attempt and was shot. And so he, therefore, is. Here's the next one. Saddam Hussein was considered the Antichrist. Now, does anybody know, of all those guys I mentioned to you, what they have in common with each other right now? They're all dead. That's exactly right. And they're not the Antichrist. The Antichrist is real, and we're going to talk about that later on. But the problem is, we allow our interpretations, or what we think it is, to inform what the Scripture is. And so we've got to be careful of that. That that is wrong. You can't do that. Rather, here's the point I want you to see. We need to allow the Scripture to inform our understanding of the end. And that's why we're doing this series. We want to have an understanding of what the Scripture says so that when somebody comes up to you, folks, and they are right here in our community, who will say to you, it's already happened. Jesus has already come back. You're living in the kingdom now. By the way, did you realize that you're living in the kingdom now? Some of you are like curling your eyebrows like, are you kidding me, George? I'm telling you they're here. But how do you know that they're wrong? How do you know that they're misinformed? It's because you understand what the scripture says and the scripture is supposed to inform your interpretation, right? This is the reality. So this is the problem we have. And so this is why we're going to go to the scripture. And so today I want to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 because I think it's the great place to begin because the Thessalonians were going through the very same problem. The Thessalonians were going through the problem of having people coming and telling them crazy interpretations that they were starting to embrace that were bothering them. And he's gonna come along and remind them of some things. And so we want to be reminded today of some things as we begin this series, okay? We wanna be reminded. So I want you to notice with me, Here is what Paul writes. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them. As labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for the day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do. Let us keep awake and be sober. Those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. For since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet, of, the, helmet the hope of salvation. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are alive or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. Now, I'm going to point out four things from you, for you here, folks. Four things that are going to serve as a reminder to you and I. Okay. So when you hear crazy stuff, you just need to remember these things. So, here's the first one, pretty obvious. We're reminded that we already have everything we need to know. We already have everything you need to know. So, can, can I tell you? I, I know some of you are YouTubers, you like to watch YouTube, okay? And I understand they got some good hunting tips and maybe good whatever tip, fishing tips or, or, or you'd like to watch the funny ones and cat videos or whatever. I don't care. Okay, whatever. That's fine. But if there's a YouTube video that comes up with some new, pointing out to you some new technology that's going to move us to the time of the Lord's coming, don't even waste your click. Don't spend your time there you need to be reminded that you already have everything you need to know about the end that's what you need to be reminded of so whether or not they develop a chip that's so small that will go through a needle if that's possible i don't know i don't care that's really not the point The point for you and I is, is to live our lives daily to the Lord till he comes back. And what I need to know about the end, he said, I've already given it to you, he says to the Thessalonians. I don't need to add anything more to it. I don't need to give you anything more. You already have everything right here in your hands. Now you say, well, that's great, George, they had the apostle to help guide them. We're we're 2000 years later. Well, that's why we're doing the series to remind you of the basics, of the truths, so that when you see the stuff going on, you're not getting freaked out. You're not losing sleep. In fact, with a passage like this, Paul's kind of like, you don't need to lose sleep. You're going to be okay. So first thing, we, need, we are reminded that we already have everything we need to know. Here's the second thing. You know, so he's assuming you already know this. You should know this, right? You know that the end will come unexpectedly. When it comes, you're going to know that it's the end. But it's going to happen like that, suddenly. Look at what he says, verse 2 through 3. He says this, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And while people are, are uh, saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a woman and they will not escape. It'll happen suddenly. So, okay, so I was thinking about this this week. In our clan, one of, one of our nephews, their, um, their wife, she's, he's got a great wife, she just gave birth to a son. Okay, so, and she was overdue. And, uh, and so I was thinking about them because, of course, she had a beautiful baby boy. And uh, so the clan's all excited. And uh, I was thinking about birth. And I was thinking about, because I remember we saw at a football game, we went to a football game because one of our other nephews was in this game. And I said, oh, how are you doing? And I didn't realize she was overdue. And, of course, we are going to pray for her. And, and she was like, she's wanting to go. She's overdue. You know what I'm saying? And so only women understand that feeling. Guys don't understand that. But, so I'm just empathizing. If I can, you know, that they're ready to go. Okay, but here's the thing. Unless you're told you're going and being induced, you don't know when it's going to happen, right? So I remember when Lori was carrying Madison. We went to bed like normal that February evening of the February 5th of 1995. And of course, she's wanting to go, but we didn't know it was that night until she like wakes me up and says, this is it. Or something like that. I can't even remember exactly what it was because I'm all Mr. Calm when stuff happens, right? But it happened suddenly. Nobody, I mean, yeah, she maybe had some Braxton, Braxton Hicks beforehand, but when it comes, it comes. And this is what his point is. You and I know that when it comes, it'll come unexpectedly. That's all you need to know. When it happens. It happens. And you'll know. You'll be aware. You don't need to sit around and think, wow. Wow, is it really that time, Rory? Is it really that time to go? Are you sure? No, she who? Do. do you understand? you got to go. So we hop in a vehicle and drive eight miles to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's saying, it's going to come. You need to be, you need to be reminded of this. It's going to come unexpectedly. Nobody's going to expect it, although you should, is what he's saying. You should live with that expectation. Here's the third thing he's telling us here, just as we start out. Live each day, oh, excuse me, unlike the world, we have an understanding because we're the children of the light. So when we see stuff going on around us, we have an understanding, and we're going to talk about all the stuff that's going on around us next week, Okay. But we have an understanding. We, we can tell. Like the first thing that should be popping in your mind when you're looking at the news and you see all these bewildering things happening in our culture, in our nation, in our world, war, all this stuff happening, what you should be thinking is we're moving to the end. That's all you need to know. This is just reminding us not to get comfortable we're moving to the end. See, this is part of the problem. The problem is, is I think we've gotten comfortable. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? I think we've gotten comfortable. I was I was in a discussion with some, uh, with a group of men a couple of months ago. I went to a board meeting for one of the mission with the mission that I'm on, and we were having a discussion about comfort and how we've kind of been lulled to sleep. Because I remember some of you are old enough to remember the 70s. Now, I was a kid during the 70s. Now, some of you were like adults then. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so some of you are like, the 70s, George, I wasn't even born until this millennia. I understand, but listen, just listen to an old guy talk for a second, okay? But here's what I remember. Times were tough. Do, do, you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Times, times were tough back then. Times were tough on families. And there wasn't a level of comfort, and and really back then you heard a lot more people talking about going to be with Jesus and about heaven later on. But what happened is, is that in the 80s, we entered into a time of prosperity in the mid-80s that lasted up until maybe into the 2000s, and with that we became very comfortable. We became a superpower that was like the only power, and we're not worried about anything, we, we, we were advancing in medical technologies and we can just handle anything that comes and, and, uh, we, can, we can do whatever and economically and people jobs were there, although some people would question that. But, but the reality is, is that we, we were doing good. And so what, so this group of men were saying is that what we had happened is, is we kind of got lulled to sleep thinking that everything's going to be okay here. So our focus, even in our churches became right now, focused on now. But we were mistaken. So the things that we see happening right now were happening back then. They just reemerged. Do you understand? They just reemerged. Because that's the way they are. So unlike the world, we have an understanding of what's going on. And what we have an understanding is, is that our world is heading to a certain point. And a certain point is that Jesus is going to come back and what set everything right. And if you are a believer, you are the children of the light. Look at what he says here. Okay, look with me, verses 4 to 5. Here's what he says. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. So you shouldn't be surprised when this comes, okay? For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So then let us not sleep. I think we've kind of been asleep, haven't we? Let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Now, the word sober there isn't talking about you being alcohol-free. It's talking about you being self-controlled. Be self-controlled. Okay? Be self-controlled. Be sober. All right. so, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. So, here's what I want you to see. Unlike the world, we have an understanding. You, You know what's going on. Don't get all whacked out because you saw something in the news. Well, you know, which is interesting. So I, I, this week is very, very interesting to me. I, I had an observation this week. It ends tomorrow. So I think everybody knows here I'm a news junkie. I've told you that before, right? I love the news. I listen to news. I listen to, I listen to news all the time. I just love the news. I have for years, okay? So this last week with a friend, I decided to quit listening to news for a week, a whole week. I am making it. I got one more day. This whole day. If I can do it today, I'll be, I would have done it, done it. Okay. And so tomorrow at breakfast, when I have breakfast with him, I can get in my vehicle and turn on a podcast. Okay? But here's what I've noticed. I haven't overcome the news junkiness. I'm still gonna be a news junkie. But here's what I noticed. I went a whole week without knowing what's going on in Israel. I went a whole week knowing on what's going on in Washington. I went a whole week going on not knowing what's going on in Harrisburg, not knowing what's going on at the Clearfield Courthouse. I went a whole week not knowing anything. And here's what I noticed. Life just continued on. But I didn't have a bunch of worries. I just had the worries for the day. Isn't that kind of what Jesus says? Don't be concerned about tomorrow, but just you got enough today. And and so I think when you have an understanding of what's coming, you can just kind of function the way you're supposed to. And that's what he's calling us to. So there's one final thing I want you to see here, and this is the point he makes. He makes it in verses 6 to 11. He says, live each day with an expectation of the return of Christ. This is the point. Live each day like he's coming back today or tomorrow or next month or next year or the next hundred years. Live each day with an expectation. Look at what he says. How do I do that, George? Well, the the, the scripture says it itself. Here's what it says. I've already read up to verse 7. But since we belong to today, let us keep sober. Okay, so be self-controlled. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love. So put on the breastplate is referring to what he talked about earlier in with Ephesians that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but put on, guard yourself with your faith. Guard your what's most important with your faith, okay? Let's okay. And the helmet of the hope of salvation. Have in your mind the surety that you know Jesus, okay? That you are saved and you're going to be okay. Have that, okay? Let's go on. For God has not destined us for wrath. So, so you realize whatever's coming is coming, but you don't have to fear it. If you're a believer in Christ, you're not destined for wrath. Just know that, okay? But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that we are, whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with him. So whether I live or die, I'm still going to be with him. Sleep here refers to death. It's already been mentioned what, earlier in chapter four. The reality is is what? Here it is. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up, just as you're doing. So what? We've got to keep what? Being there for each other. Because life is hard. Things are going to get crazy. Things are always getting crazy. And you need each other to build each other up. This is what we're told to do. You say, okay, George, so what are we, we going to do with this then? Okay, so here's my task. And then I'm going to tell you what your task is. Okay? So my task, over the next 14 weeks, okay? So I got 12 more messages, throw in there Christmas and Easter, it's Thanksgiving, sorry. So over the next 12 messages, I'm gonna go to the key things that you need to understand about the end times to strengthen you. So that as we do life, whatever it is, you have an understanding. And something to rest in so that you don't have to worry about somebody coming and telling you this is this or this is that. You can say, show me in the Bible. That's a good thing to say, isn't it? Show me in the Bible. Here's what I found. A lot of times we don't know. Show me in the Bible. So that's my task is to help you. Okay, but here's your task. Your task is this. Don't get consumed by what's going on around you but find your rest in what he's told you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't get consumed by what some decision is in Washington or some decision at the county or some decision in Harrisburg or what the UN says, if you even pay attention there, or what's going on in Israel right now. Don't get consumed by that, but be what? Focused on what he's told you already. And what has he told you today? You're not going to be unprepared. Live with an expectation. Live knowing that you're going to be okay. Because when it comes, it's coming. And it's going to happen suddenly. In fact, here's how sudden it's going to be. Scripture tells us that we're told it's going to be like in the days of Noah when the flood came, where people were given in marriage. There was a wedding celebration on the day when the flood came. Do you believe that? It's going to be like that when Jesus comes. People are just going to be going about their normal lives, even celebrating weddings. But you won't be caught unaware. Why? Because you're going to know God's word. Let me pray for you.